Hello there and welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me here today. And just in case we are new friends, my name is Denise Alvarez and I will quickly introduce myself and then I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today for the second time actually here on the podcast. So as I said, my name is Denise and through my business Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help horse business owners like you to really clarify your marketing and your messaging so that your online visitors can become your customers. I do that through coaching as well as website design and content and Social Stride, my monthly coaching program. I do each of these things so that I can help you be out doing more of what you really love to do. And I know that marketing may not get everybody else excited. And so on the podcast, you will get step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos to help you not only see what's possible for your business, but so I can guide you through that process to make it happen. So as I said, today's guest on the podcast is back for a second time. She is one of only a few, um, maybe a couple actually return guests on the podcast. And if you have not met her through episode number 38 here on the podcast, you will want to go back and listen to that. It was titled, Do You Have to Scale to Grow? with Shelly Paulson, of course. And it has continued to be one of the most downloaded episodes on the podcast. And I'm not surprised because there's so much great information there for business owners of all sizes and of all niches in the equestrian world. So if you've not listened to that, I invite you to do that. Of course, I will have that link in the show notes for today, which will be stormlily.com slash 90. Now, what's so fun for me about having Shelly on the podcast again is that we've become friends since I first met her. So when you first met Shelly, that's also when I first had my conversation with her. But since then, I have had the honor of becoming one of her clients. I got to have her take my branding photos while we were both in Texas for the American Horse Publications Conference. It was amazing. It was such a blessing. And then we turned the tables and she became one of my clients. And I have gotten the pleasure of helping Shelly with some of her marketing and her copywriting as she continues to grow and evolve in her own business and wanted to just bring her messaging up to speed with where she's headed. Now, along the way here on the podcast, I've also welcomed a number of equine photographers. So if that's you, hello, I'm so glad you are here. And you've, some of them have even joined my social stride membership. And so I know there are a number of you here in the podcast community on social media. And so as Shelly and I were visiting, I actually asked her if she'd be willing to come back on the podcast, but this time to speak specifically to equestrian photographers. Now, let me tell you this. If you are not an equestrian photographer, you do not need to turn this off because truly, not surprisingly, the nuggets that Shelly has will apply in your business. But just know that the examples that she's giving and the way that she's applying what she's sharing is specific to equestrian photography businesses, all right? So Shelly is going to share four specific strategies or approaches that will be key to marketing your equestrian photography business well. Now, starting out, we actually had three, but as we were talking, she came up with a fourth. So I've titled this episode, 
four strategies, all right? Shelly is so kind. She even is giving you a template, essentially, of an email that you can send to brands that you want to work with. So you can expect this conversation to be super practical and helpful for you and your business. So without further ado, here is my second conversation with Shelly Paulson. Okay, Shelly, I'm so grateful you are here. Thanks for joining me a second time on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to chat with you. And I'm a, I'm a listener of your podcast as well as a guest. And so I'm excited to be here today. I am so grateful. Yes, I'm so grateful. Sometimes you even tell your email friends about episodes and I so appreciate that. And I've gotten to meet some of your email friends now as well. So that's been super fun. So for those of you who are listening, who have not yet met Shelly, I definitely want you to go listen to our first conversation, which I will link to in the show notes of this episode. Uh, But for now, uh, go ahead and tell our new friends a little bit about yourself and how you've come to the place you are now. Okay. Well, I am a commercial equestrian photographer, which means that I work with businesses. I do photography and more and more video these days as that's, you know, becoming a thing that everybody needs for social media and marketing. But I have actually been a photographer for over 18 years, which makes me fairly ancient in this industry. I started doing photography right about the time um, when the technology shifted from film to digital. And I was primarily a wedding and portrait photographer, but I've always been um, a horse owner. Well, most of my life been a horse owner. And so on the side, I was slowly building an equine photography business and uh, eventually was able to go full-time just with horses and um, really make a business out of that by doing not just portraits, but also stock photography and and the commercial photography. And and then now also I have a big part of my business is educating other equine photographers in various aspects of photography and photography business. Awesome. I love it. That was a beautiful overview. I know that you have (laughs) a very deep history. So I do want everybody to go listen to how she got to where she is now um, from our first conversation, but I love that. And one of the things in our first conversation that we talked about was the idea of scheduling longer periods of time off for your mental capacity. And I had told you in that conversation that we would talk again on the podcast. So uh, tell us how that's going. How is that working for you? Um, Tell us exactly how it, how it works for you in terms of the tangible and then how it's working for you in terms of how it's going. Yeah. Well, I've actually been doing it. Um, I, every about six weeks or so, depending on how things work in my schedule, I take basically a long weekend. I usually try and do Wednesday to Sunday. Um, And if I don't schedule it, I will just work, 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 work. I I always take Sundays off unless there's a special event or I'm traveling, but um, I needed to have some more time off. (laughs) And when you Uh run your own solo entrepreneur business, it's very hard to do if you don't schedule it. Otherwise you just keep filling your schedule. And that was what I'd been doing for 18 years. And so I had gotten this idea from a book I read and um, it, the main thing that I have learned about doing it is I have to plan things because if I don't plan things, then I just sit around and like, you know, I might ride, but that doesn't take eight hours, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't. So 
Um, so this last time, knowing that, having that experience going, okay, I need to like plan get togethers with friends or rides or, you know, actually leave my home, you know, leave my state, go travel somewhere. Um, that's kind of the next step for me. I've, I've gotten so I can schedule it, but now I have to like plan things to do that are quality activities outside of work. And so this last time was I took kind of the 4th of July weekend off because I figured everyone else would too. So I stopped working on Wednesday and um, on the weekend, I took my horse to a park, my horse Fritzy to a park and did a trail ride. And this is our first time doing that in six years that I've had her because um, she's a very forward horse, but also I had only two horses and one would just go nuts if we left. And so now I have three horses and, and I'm able to start um, branching out and taking Fritzy places. So that's going to be kind of one of my number one things here in the summer and fall to do on my weeks off. I'm hoping to do some camping and, and just, you know, like actually plan uh, fun activities for those days off. Okay. That's a really great insight that I hadn't thought of, but even as you say that I can see how that's true in my own life as well. When I have a few minutes of downtime immediately, like you said, when you own your own business and when you enjoy what you do, right. Immediately you're like, Oh, I could get this done right now. Or I could do this. And without having something else intentional in front of you to take up your time. So that makes perfect sense. I love that. I'm so glad to hear that that's going well. And for those of you that are listening, uh, that haven't considered that, I think it's a really neat thing to think about and go back and listen to my first conversation with Shelly, where she shares how she landed at that decision and what that can look like. So I'm so glad that that's going well. So yeah, go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's really, I think improved, um, my work time too, you know, like it's, I'm not, I'm not so burned out. So Mm, I know burnout's a big thing for, for entrepreneurs. So it's, it's just one more thing to help prevent that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's those intentional choices that are going to do that. It does take that intentionality. So I so appreciate that. Okay. So today what we're talking about is actually very much geared around equine photography and marketing. um, Because since I started this podcast, I have learned there is quite a community and continual growth right now in equestrian photography. There's even what is the equestrian photographers network, right? So like there's a large group of people. Um, So from connecting to people on social media versus in my membership, I just welcome some new people into social stride that are equine photographers. I feel like I'm constantly making new friends in that area and that realm of photography. And so I can see that it seems that a lot of them are experiencing success, but also would love some help in this area from somebody like you who has learned quite a bit. So that's why I'm excited to have this conversation with you. That's truly just geared around equine photography and marketing, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited too. I have, I have some, some good thoughts to share today. Awesome. Okay. So let's um, jump into some of the things that you have learned. You have graciously graciously said that you would share. And as you said before, one of the things that you do, one of the facets of your business now has been the educator part, right? Taking time to really help people and come alongside them to find what works for them. Because what's beautiful about it is what works for one photographer may be what works well for another, but maybe not because maybe they have different goals and aspirations for their businesses, right? So you've seen a variety of people in a variety of businesses thrive, but in different ways, all in the equestrian photography realm. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a sense because it is a growing 
industry, you know, in that there's a lot of people starting photography businesses and there can be this fear among photographers that, oh, the market's saturated and there's too many photographers and where do I fit? But um, as the number of photographers has grown, which I think is due in large part to social media and the ease of access with equipment that's way better now than it was when I started 18 years ago. Um, but there's also a greater consumption of photography and video because of social media and, and all the marketing and all the websites and the, the just need for a constant stream of, of good content. Um, or even just in a, in, on the portrait side for people wanting to be photographed with their horses. And, and you know, before social media, nobody saw those photos unless they came to your house. And so there is a rise in the number of photographers, but there's also a rise in the consumption of photography. And I feel like they, they meet each other fairly well. And that's really good insight. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, oh, no, I that's, had, I, that's like wonderful insight. That's definitely something of course that I hadn't thought of that, that competition for sure. And then that idea that there's enough to go around because the consumption is there too. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I'm seeing in the industry is a big shift to branding photography. And that is, you know, working with small businesses, you know, small, I mean, really brands of every size, but I'm seeing a lot of portrait photographers taking on um, branding clients, you know, smaller businesses. But again, it's being met by the explosion of of um, small businesses in the equestrian world. I mean, you can't deny that there are probably two times more equine or equine related business, small businesses now than there were even like three or four years ago. I feel like there's a new one popping up all, all the time, which is, you know, good for, um, you know, you as a marketing you know, consultant to helping those people get their businesses up and running. But, um, but what I'm seeing is that photographers are recognizing that too. And, and that's branding photography is a really nice niche because there's a, a constant need for new content versus portrait photography. You take someone's portrait, they might not need one for another five or 10 years. Um, whereas companies are um, more of a recurring income type of client. And so I think it's a great diversification for portrait photographers. Um, the biggest struggle I see is how to properly price and market those services um, and finding ideal clients to work with. Those are kind of the, the bigger challenges that I'm seeing in addition to like all this great opportunity. Okay. That's so good. Well, I love that you mentioned one of the biggest struggles is the properly pricing and marketing. We may not be talking pricing today, but I know that's something you talk about in your program, but marketing is definitely something that you have worked really hard on yourself and have had experience and success with. And so I'm grateful that you're here and going to share some things that have worked well for equestrian photographers to market their businesses and what others are doing and maybe some things that you've seen or done yourself. So what are some of those specific tips or strategies that equestrian photographers can use to market themselves well, especially given what you just said, right? The rise in competition, but the rise in consumption as well. Yeah. And I, I put notes for three different things. So we've got, I've got three different approaches that I feel like are really, um, really key right now that could really help photographers, equine photographers, grow their business, market their business. And the first one is to know who you are and who your ideal client is. And I'm sure you've said this a hundred times <laughs> plus on your <laughs> podcast, but 
It is literally the number one thing I see photographers missing in their marketing. And that is differentiation. They, they want to be like whoever they, they look up to and they, so they do the same style of photography and they do the same kind of website and they might even use some of the same words as they're describing their work. And if you are like everyone else, if all these people are doing this thinking, oh, if I could be like so-and-so, I'll be successful like them. What it does is it floods the market with a bunch of photographers who are almost exactly the same. And then what clients do is they shop on price because it's like, well, this one and this one look the same to me. So what's the price? Mm. And that will not allow you to have a sustainable business because if you have to always be the cheapest, you won't make enough money to run a business long-term. And from, you know, from even, this is even true kind of on the branding and commercial photography side. Um, what I have done is really kind of watched the industry and try to anticipate where it's going. So I don't change my style. I don't really change my message, but I am watching to see what's coming. And I think it's important that, that people pay attention to trends and, and just know things outside of just their own little world to know what's coming in the industry and be able to meet it with your photography services. So like I predicted the rise in branding photography in early 2020, I could see it coming. I could see the writing on the wall and almost no one was doing it. So in 2021, I shifted away from portrait and really started to focus on commercial and branding because I saw that this need was going to be there and it was going to be growing and that it's a, a nice, um, you know, kind of recurring and steady income. And so you know, being unique, being true to myself, and then paying attention to what's coming and making sure that I, I match step with that. Because I've also seen photographers just, you know, kind of get comfortable with where they're at, not try new things, not try video, not try, you know, branding, not try whatever. And then they just kind of fade away. That's so true. Getting comfortable where you are and not looking for those places where people are growing and going. That's so good. So yes, knowing who you are and who your ideal client is, you're right. We've talked about it here, but the reason we've talked about it and the reason it's your number one is because it's key to everything else. And frankly, yes, when it comes to marketing, but for your business as a whole, right, it's really going to come up in each of those aspects. So knowing who you're trying to serve um, and differentiating yourself. That's so good. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that example that you just gave. I know that we talked about that before in our previous conversation about you changing the structure of your business or really you changed in some ways, would you say who your ideal client was because you shifted from portrait to business that kind of changed the structure of who your ideal client is, would you say? Yeah, for sure. And before I was doing kind of both, you know, the commercial and the portrait, and found it hard to market because I didn't know who I was talking to. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I didn't want the businesses to see all these like girls in dresses and, you know, portraity things and think I wasn't a serious commercial photographer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really kind of at that point felt like I had to make a choice and not that you can't do both. Uh, absolutely. You can do both, but I was looking to work with bigger brands and be more of a commercial photographer versus a branding photographer. And so, um, so really niching down further to say my ideal client primarily is businesses and then having a couple different kinds of businesses I work with versus speaking business to consumer versus business to business. It's, it's, it's a little harder to get that message really dialed in and clear. 
Yeah. And even for those of you that are listening, you might be saying, okay, well then I'm going to do portrait. That's who my ideal client is. But really you need to dial down even more, right. And figure out, okay, what, what is the, the portrait client, the ideal portrait client that you're going to work with, right? Is it families? Is it, um, show people that show, you know, like again, not that you can't do many, but when you can create content that speaks to the one really well, when you can give those examples on social media, you know, tell the stories, all of those things. Again, the great thing is a lot of people are afraid to niche down, but the great thing right now is the equine industry is doing so well. And there are so many different facets you can go into. It's almost like the more you can niche down, sometimes the better you're going to be. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like one solution, if you do want to do like portraits and branding and horse shows and be a little more of a generalist is, you know, for your social media, you could say, okay, on Mondays, I'm going to talk about branding and Tuesdays, I'm going to talk about horse shows. Mm -hmm. Like you could have a, you know, your content buckets could be divided into the different kinds of services you offer. But I think the main thing is to even within those things, like, are you, are you going to be in a show jumping photographer or a barrel racing photographer? Mm-hmm. Those are two really, really different, you know, audiences. And so, like you said, like niching down more and just saying like, I do, you know, portraits, branding and shows for the English side of things or the Western side of things. I mean, the more you can be specific, I think the better chance you have at being looked at as an expert. Mm -hmm. And when you're looked at as an expert in something, you can ask for more money (laughs) and asking for more money. Yeah. Asking for more money is, is what we need to do in order to make this a sustainable thing in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there as the authority and expert in a certain field. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's so good. What is your second one? Don't be afraid to reach out to a brand, a business, a, an equestrian that you want to work with. I think, you know, we we like to kind of just wait for people to come to us, but, you know, a quick direct message or email to let people know you're available and that you're interested in working with them um, can be super effective. Uh, just last week, I made a list of local brands that I want to work with. And I spent like a half an hour sending emails to them. Mm -hmm. And I've already booked several shoots just from that, just from saying, Hey, you know what, we've talked about this in the past. And are you interested? Um, I have one of my students who, um, she'll just have some day, like a day available and she'll reach out to somebody who sounded interested in a portrait session and she'll get in the DMS and in uh, Instagram and just say, Hey, you know what? I have this day available. Do you want a photo shoot and Mm -hmm. books so many photo shoots that way? And so I think, you know, we have this tendency to just try and kind of stick things out there on social media and hope that somebody's interested and even say on there, you know, in our posts, like, Oh, I'm available for booking, but then that's very kind of generic and people might not see it. Once you get into their direct messages or their email inbox, then they actually kind of have to give you an answer and you're sure they're going to see it. And so don't be shy. And especially if you want to work with businesses or brands, it's they're, they're used to people pitching and reaching out to them. Oh, that's so good. Um, I didn't know, I had no idea that that was one you were going to say. And I love that because a, it's a little bit scrappy in terms of some people think that, you know, well, I need to put the ads out there. I need to just continue to, um, 
put all the information out there and leave it in the consumer's hands. But mm-hmm. instead, yeah, as you said, you need to take ownership and actually make those connections. It's a relationship marketing is something we've talked about here on the podcast too, right? People buy from people. And so, yes, you want to be out there. You want to be where people are and people can see you, but then you also need to take action to really invite them personally versus like you said, yes, put a post out there, um, but do more than just the post, right? Make those yeah. personal interactions. Well, and I even think, you know, if you were a, if you were an equestrian small business and somebody reached out to you and said, you know what? I love your products. I use them all the time on my horses. And I was thinking, you know, I'm a professional photographer. Here's my work, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I would really love to work with you if you're ever in need of a photographer. You know, it's just something as yes. simple as that. Uh-huh. You can cold, you can cold contact people. It works. Like I have listened to a lot of different podcasts on marketing and, um, you know, for photographers and, and commercial photography, and it works to pitch brands. It works to reach out to them, but that does not mean that you do it for free or that you necessarily do Mm. it for trade for product. Because I do think that there's, there's kind of a misunderstanding there too, that, oh, if I reach out to them, then they're going to expect me to do it as a collab or something like that. And if you want to do a collab because you love the product and they're offering you a, an equal value trade in product, that's totally fine. I have a Hagen gain steamer in my barn that I just got and just started steaming hay because I worked with a company that I'm interested in their product. And we did a, a dollar for dollar trade. And it benefits me because I'm going to get to feed my horses delicious steamed hay. Um, <laughs> so if you do that reaching out and, and they want to collaborate and it's not a product that you, you know, want to use or they're not offering you an equal trade, then um, it's totally okay to walk away from those. Oh, that's good. That's super good insight and a good reminder for people um, because you're a business too, right? They're a business, but you are also a business. And sometimes we forget that. (laughs) Well, and the nice thing too, in that, in that we worked in that way is they want to do future shoots with me. Mm -hmm. I don't need another steamer. So they're going to pay me for future work. And by doing that trade and, and, you know, have building that relationship with them, you know, now they, they know my work, they know what it's like to work with me. We've developed that personal connection. And I know that we're going to be working together again in the future. So it all was very, a very positive experience for me. And I want to do it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. What's your third one? Third one. Don't hide behind your computer and your phone, get out (laughs) and be face to face with your ideal clients. Um, When I was still doing portrait work, I would go photograph local clinics and um, you know, my area is a lot of eventers. And so I would go to eventing clinics. I would bring my camera and take photos and give photos away to people or sell them if they wanted to. For me, I have a stock library, so I would just get them to sign a model release and then I'd give them photos for free. But the time you spend, the downtime you spend at a clinic like that with other equestrians you can actually like really sit down and have conversations with people and you can, you know, they're seeing your work, they're seeing the quality of the photos that you took at the clinic and then they met you and had time to talk to you. I think it's just, just one of the most powerful ways to network is, you know, just face to face with people. And our area has like a special horse market, horse gift market in the fall before Christmas. And so I always go to that and I'm meeting with people, I'm networking with people. And then for me, you know, I've gone to the American Horse Publications Conference for probably five or six years. 
And and that's how I'm doing my in-person face-to-face marketing with people who are my ideal client. But I think it's just, we can get so caught up in social media because it's easy. It doesn't require us to, you know, take a shower and wear normal clothes and go out into the world (laughs) um, and, and talk to people. And I know that's, you know, the pandemic especially put us out of practice for that, but there, I believe there is no better way to market than meeting people in person because as long as you have a good personality, um, you know, when you're meeting people, it puts you top of mind and it's the no like, and trust factor too. Yeah, that's so good. So, okay. Tell me this, what advice you would give to somebody who's saying, okay, I hear you. Um, but I'm so some people like myself, right. I'll use myself as an example. Even, (laughs) um, I don't have a horse of my own. So I love, I'm in the equestrian community in terms of, I take riding lessons. I go to our local rodeos or showdios and things like that to meet people, um, which maybe I'm answering my own question that way. Right. So I know there are some (laughs) people who are saying like, I'm not, I'm not showing, I'm not doing this. I'm not a horse show mom, right? Like I'm not involved quote unquote, but I want to be. What types of advice do you tend to give them? Well, I, I mean, I'm not actually taking my horse to these clinics. I'm just taking myself mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and my camera, you know, and so for photographers, there's kind of an easy access there where you're like, Hey, can I come um, take photos? Yeah. And, and who's going to say no to that? And you can certainly sell the photos um, if you, you know, don't want to be giving things away, but um I, I think, um, you know, if you're like, we have the Minnesota horse expo, so it's a big trade show and there's clinicians and, um, just it's, it's big. It's not as big as like the Midwest one in, um, Wisconsin or equine affair, but I just went around like, and started meeting horse owners and horse businesses who had, you know, booths there. I actually think that's better than having your own booth because people are so busy at these shows that Mm -hmm. they don't spend time most of the time at your booth. And it's really hard to target your market or target your ideal client. But, you know, I could walk up to, oh, hey, look, it's the Gypsy Vanner aisle and I want to photograph Gypsy Vanners. So I start meeting people and getting their cards. And mm-hmm. um, so there's there's ways to do it. I think if you're not a photographer, it's a little more challenging because you don't have that that in with the camera. Right. But I still think, you know, just even like every time I go to the local Dover store, I'm always seeing people I know and getting into long conversations about you know, what's going on in their lives and my life. And I mean, if I wasn't so busy, I would like work part-time over the holidays just to meet a bunch of people because <laughs> yeah. everybody in my area shops there. Yeah. And um, so I know that that's, I just had dinner last night with a, a woman who does um, some body work in the area and she works at Dover, you know, one day a week and she's uh-huh. great. It's how I, it's a big part of how I market my services. And I know not everybody has the time for that, but you know, just shopping where the local equestrians shop and going to the, you know, trade shows and events and even, you know, a tax swap, you may, if it's the right kind of tax swap, like we have the Central States Dressage and Eventing Association, and they have a tax swap. And I can guarantee you, I would see people there that I could talk to about photography. Mm, Yeah, that's good. And you know, the other thing too, is um, as you go in, which I know you have the personality that's good for this, but for some people that are like, I'm not super conversational easily. 
look for ways that you can serve them, right? Like it doesn't always have to be selling your services, but if you make a connection because you're in conversation and then you're like, Oh, you, you know, you're having this problem. I love this product, right? Or I love this person, this body worker, whatever it is. If you look for ways that you can serve them and make that connection, they're also going to remember that. And that's going to even build trust, even if you're not directly selling your services in that moment. Yeah, for sure. And that was, you know, the going to the clinics and not going there to make money on, you know, Mm -hmm. like here, I'm just going to go. And if you want, you know, five websites, watermarked images here, Uh you know, and it's a, it shows generosity. It gets some of my photos in their hands. And one idea I had before I stopped doing that because of the shift to commercial work was um, the last clinic I went to, there was a feed company that had brought goodie bags for everybody. And it was like feed samples, but it was also like, you know, granola bar and some water. And I was like, oh, next time I'm going to bring a swag uh-huh. bag, but just, it doesn't have to have like a t-shirt or really ex- any expensive swag in it. You could have yeah. stickers and just things that people need when they're at a clinic or at a, or if you were at a horse show and what, do, what do people need at a horse show? And you could be handing those out with your card or the bag could be branded. You know, there's, I, I just love this kind of marketing. I really truly believe in it because I think the more people are meeting you and seeing your face, the more approachable you are, the more just, yeah, the more relationship is built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to that relationship. Okay. I love, love, love these tips and I cannot wait. And they're really more than tips. They're deeper than tips. These are strategies that people can take and really run with. So I appreciate that so much. Generally, is there anything else that you think my listeners, especially those that are equine photographers are trying to get into that? What should they know about building an equestrian photography business that you have not yet talked about? Hmm. Uh, just to really dig deep on who you are as an mm-hmm. artist. You know, I, I mentor a lot of photographers and I think that's an underlying struggle that does relate back to marketing because if you don't if you don't have a vision, if you don't know what your um, photography is going to offer people, how you are serving people, it's really hard to market. You know, if you're generic, it's really, really hard to market. And I really, I know this is going to sound like a plug for you, but <laughs> I, I promise friends, this is not my intention. <laughs> I know. But I've worked with you um, to help me with, you know, some of my own marketing and my website and my educational program. And not only are you just really good at, at the writing, the copy, but you're really good at helping. You were really good at helping me think about who I am marketing to and what that message is. And I've been doing this for 18 years. You would think I would have it down pat, but having that outside person come in and take a look at everything and question like, well, what do you mean about this? And, and what about taking this in this direction? Like it, it totally elevated my own marketing. It gave me new language to talk about my business with others and in my social posts. And I mean, you even made me cry when you helped rewrite my about page. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I really, really am passionate about this. You know, and, um, so I know, like I said, it sounds like a pitch and I didn't, you know, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but it's, it's really hard to do it all yourself. And it's especially hard to talk about your own business. You know, it's, it's especially when it's a solo thing and it's so tied to who you are as a person, Um, you know, so I'm going to say 
find a mentor who helps you figure out who you are as a photographer, and then hire Denise or someone like Denise to help you figure out how to market that. Because um, if you, especially if you're brave enough to be unique about what you're doing, you're going to need somebody to help you figure out who's consuming that and how to reach them. That's good. That's good. And I'm not just saying that because of the other, but I appreciate that so much, but you're right. As you know, that clarity, as you're even saying that I was thinking about some of our conversations, um, as I worked with you on your website and on your lunch and just helping to get that clarity around things, because the more that you figured that out, the more that you were really excited and on fire for what you were doing, because you're like, Oh yeah, this is exactly why I love what I do. This is why I love to help people in this way. Um, and so, yeah, so I appreciate that. And I'm so grateful to hear that. So super good advice. Yeah. And like literally didn't have my why dialed in on my mentorship program until we worked together. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I have a great why. Yeah. And now I'm even, and I felt even more fired up and impassioned to do the program because I had more clarity in my own heart about what my mission and, and passion were about it. And so, yeah, it was, it, it's really so important to, to not be an island in this industry on so many levels. And we didn't even get into the like networking side of marketing of just like, you know, giving people great experiences. So they talk about you and other people hire you. I mean, client experience Mm -hmm. is actually marketing. Mm -hmm. And so there's your bonus tip. Yeah. (laughs) um, Treat your clients really, really well, and they'll come back to you and they'll send their friends to you. And yeah, uh, client experience is just like, it's number four. <laughs> yep. I'm typing it in my notes right now. Create yeah. an amazing client experience because that yeah. absolutely is a big part of marketing for yeah. sure. Oh, Shelly, this has been so good. All right. Before we go, of course, I'll have all the links and all the highlights and the show notes, but go ahead for those listening um, who want to take action now, where can they find you? Well, my primary website is ShellyPaulson.com and Shelly's with an EY and Paulson's with an ON. So ShellyPaulson.com. And then from there, you can see my work. You can get to my educational website, which if you just want to type it in, is shellypaulsoneducation.com. I am just about to launch a workflow course. So I'm very excited about that. That's going to be coming out. It'll be out, I'm sure, by the time this podcast is out um, to help photographers work faster and smarter and be able to get back to what they love. And then um, on Instagram, it's Shelly Paulson Photography. Facebook is at Shelly Paulson Photography. So, um, yeah. I'm, awesome. That's, I love it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's, let's, let's rewind that. <laughs> so you just say awesome so that I'm not like yeah, stumbling. You're good. I'll edit it out. All right. Okay. Awesome. I am so grateful for all of those things. I'm so grateful for all the things that you are doing and how you willingly share and how you do the work. Um, and you're a great example to so many. So thank you, Shelly, for being here and for sharing these great strategies. I know they're going to help your fellow and upcoming equestrian photographers. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about this stuff. All right, friends. What did I tell you? Don't you just love Shelly? I do. I'm just so grateful for her. She's just a wonderful person and an amazing business owner and so kind to share so freely and openly some of the things that she has learned 
in her time as an equestrian photographer and even before that when she was shooting weddings. And so I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you've been taking notes. And if you did not, make sure you head to the show notes, stormthelee.com slash 90. I, of course, will have the highlights there and I will have links to Shelly's website, her social media, and then of course the workflow course that she spoke about. So I will make sure and link to that in the show notes as well in case that's something that is interesting to you and that would be helpful in your business. Now I so appreciate Shelly's reminder that it's so important to know who we serve, right? And know um, what we're doing, who we're doing it for, and then to not be afraid to get help to market it, which was so kind. I promise you, I did not know she was going to say that. But I will say in light of that, if you heard that and you were saying, I needed to hear that, I needed someone to give me permission to get help with marketing, then please know I would love to have that conversation with you. If you would like to chat about the services that I provide and see if that might be a fit for you and your horse business and what you're needing for your marketing, then please do reach out. I would love to meet you. I'd love to learn more about the direction you're headed, the goals that you have, and if there's a way I can help you to reach those. So stormlilymarketing.com is the website. You can head straight there or just send me an email, denise at stormlily.com. All right, friends, I hope that you will reach out to Shelly and let her know how helpful this episode has been. Let her know how much you appreciate her sharing and do go follow her and you will learn so much. I promise. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I hope it's been so helpful and I hope you'll join me here again next week. Have an awesome day. Mm-hmm.